listening to Live Through the Lens, a podcast for the curious and creative. I'm Natalie. And I'm Jamie. In this episode, our interview with the lovely Shizuka Anderson. She's a TV host, performer, and presenter based in Japan, and she's recently been announced as a finalist for the Miss World Japan pageant. Hi, my name is Shizuka Anderson, and I am a Tokyo based TV presenter and YouTube personality. You're listening to Live Through the Lens. Super excited for today's guest. I'd love to welcome Asian Canadian TV, radio, and online presenter Shizuka. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today. You're very welcome. I'm excited to have you on. You're live from Tokyo right now. How's everything going over there? <gasps> Oh, I mean, you know how things are these days. The <laughs> pandemic know. is a little crazy. Um, but all in all, things are kind of sort of getting back to normal, to be honest, which is good, uh, despite the fact that the infection numbers are still rather high. Mm. Japan's kind of taken the approach. Um, I guess we're just going to, I don't know, herd immunity it Uh. so yeah I don't know for better or for worse but the jobs are slowly coming back so that's one good thing we're not just like sitting idle at home now I can kind of you know socially distance but still go to work which is awesome whenever you think of Tokyo you always think of like so many people packed into Mm. one really small area do you feel nervous at all or what are some of the challenges just navigating everyday life over there I definitely do feel a little nervous and apprehensive going out because, of course, the pandemic isn't over yet. I'm still trying to be as careful as I can. But at the same time, I think that Japan's been doing their best to control the cases as much as they can. So they've been like basically anywhere you go, there's hand sanitizer, everybody Mm. wears masks. Um, They really try to socially distance um, at, even if they do like, I don't know, like a stage event, Um, they, they, you know, keep seating separate, things like that. They keep windows open on the train. It's, it helps, you know, to, for it, for it to be a little bit more comforting at least. But I'm still I'm still a little worried. <laughs> I guess people still have to go about their daily lives, especially I know the Japanese culture, like work is everything, right? So uh, I'm glad things are kind of getting to normal, but I think as, as well still as everywhere. Still a long way to go. Long way to go. <laughs> Let's get straight into talking about yourself. You've built quite an impressive resume. I'm actually really super excited because we have a lot of things in common, which we'll get into. Um, mm-hmm. But you present, you mainly present on YouTube, platforms like JFlix, Tokyo Creative Talk, Japan by Food. I mean, the list goes on. Um, and now mm-hmm. acting. So can you tell us how you got started in uh, media? <gasps> That's a great question. It was kind of a fluke, to be honest. Um, I came to Tokyo when I was 18 and I started going to university in Japan. And during that time, I wanted to try, I loved singing, even when I lived in Canada, I just never performed. There weren't a lot of opportunities in my hometown either. So when I came to Tokyo, big city, I thought I would try an audition for something. And I, my first audition was for a karaoke program on TV, like this small, Mm. like local TV station, they had a karaoke program and I auditioned for it and I, uh, I got it, but basically the audition was also televised. And that was the first time I was properly on TV. First time that I ever sang in public, 
and it was on TV. So it was kind of a big step for me. And that kind of slowly opened the doors into me singing a little bit more, um, you know, entering contests, singing at little local bars and stuff. And then after that, uh, somebody at my university, they just knew that I was kind of doing this sort of thing. And when there was a scout from a talent agency who happened to come to my university looking for a girl to host a children's program, um, that friend let me know about it. And then I was like, oh, awesome. Um, maybe I'll, I can try that out. And mm. then I contacted the guy and I auditioned. And just for some reason, I got it which is crazy because I had no, I had no background in acting at all. <laughs> was this Pepone's uh, ABC? Was that the one? Yes. Got yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. So Pepone's ABC, it's this, uh, it's on a channel called Kids Station in Japan. Mm. And uh, it's a cable channel, but it, it was like nationwide. So people who have the channel were watching it, which was awesome. And it went for about a couple of years, I think two years we, we spent filming it and then it had reruns and then we had a spinoff program. So it was a solid, like, yeah, a solid experience. How long did you work on that show for? I think including the spinoff program, it was about a span of four years, I think. Three oh, that's years. a solid amount of time. Yeah, it was. And that included like a DVD and like <laughs> there's a little <laughs> bit of like children's songs, singing CDs and stuff. So it was really fun. That was basically where I got most of my uh, acting and performing experience. And that kind of slowly helped me, you know, transition into other things after that. How long have you been in Japan? <gasps> Japan, it's been a solid 10 years now, actually. Oh, wow. nice. It's amazing. And before yeah. going to Japan, did you speak Japanese? I could speak a little bit um, because my mom is Japanese. So I grew up speaking it a little bit. So I had the, the foundation, but it wasn't... I thought I could speak Japanese, actually, but it wasn't as good as I real like I thought it was when I came here. Um, because there's... I don't know if you know, but in Japanese, there's like a, a formal... Japanese and mm -hmm. a casual Japanese, but they're actually quite different. It's kind of a different language almost structure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I kind of had to learn that because I didn't even know that that existed. <laughs> just talking to everybody like a friend, <laughs> but you're not really supposed to do that in Japan. That's like the Western culture. It's very Australian, Canadian, American. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so um, when you think of Japan, it's it, you, um, a lot of people know it as, as being a, quite a homogenous society, very, very Japanese. People grow up speaking Japanese, um, not much diversity there. What are some of the challenges of being mixed race in Japan? Oh, that's a great question. I would say that things have changed a lot over the years for mixed race people in Japan. I know that even, I don't know, some like 20 years ago, I think mixed race people were still really getting bullied at schools. There was a fair bit of discrimination in Japan. Uh, everybody's supposed to have black hair at school. Like mm. they have a very rigid, you know, uniform system and, you know, you can't dye your hair, can't wear makeup. There's, rules like that. So I've heard of cases where some mixed race kids, they have brown hair naturally, um, or just lighter hair, they would have to dye it black because they didn't want the, basically the schools would enforce it because they didn't want people to think that they were dyeing their hair 
light brown. Um, So they would have to be forced to, you know, dye their hair black and things like that. And they'd just be bullied for being different. But I think things started to change after more mixed race people were kind of starting to appear in the media as models for major brands. Then they started to become more popular. So slowly everybody kind of wanted to be mixed race, which mm. is kind of a weird thing on its own. Um, Cause there recently, even the last like five years or so, I saw a makeup trend, which is the, in Japanese mixed race people are called hafus. And uh, basically there was a makeup trend, which was like the hafu gao, which means the half mm. face. So makeup, like eyeshadows, like contouring that help you look more Western. (gasps) Really? In Japan? Yeah, in Japan. It's bizarre. Mm. So it kind of switched from being, you know, something you'd be bullied about to just, I don't know, almost a weird, um, like fascination with the look and just becoming a commodity almost. So it's been a weird transition from that. So I think what happens when you work in the entertainment industry is people kind of expect you to have a specific, you know, exotic mixed race look. And in my case, I kind of struggled with that a little bit because I look a little bit more Asian than Mm. some Mm. other mixed race people do. Um, mm-hmm. So people kind of expect me to have like bigger eyes. Uh, if I don't have the the big eyes, then there's a lot of jobs that I'm just not eligible for. Wow, for that's crazy. like beauty things. Yeah. So for me, I've kind of had to focus on my language abilities mm. to get work. It's like I speak English and Japanese. So if they need somebody who's really fluent, then I can do those jobs. Yeah. Uh, regardless of what I look like. Are, are you often seen as a as a foreigner in the eyes of Japanese people? Uh, how, how, how do people typically react when they first meet you? This is another really interesting thing because I've noticed that depending on the person, they have a completely different perspective of what I look like, <laughs> which is so weird because it just shows like how much, how different people see the world. Mm. But some Japanese people will tell me I look 100% Japanese and they didn't even realize that I was mixed race. But other people, they're like, no, you look super foreign. Like, you don't look Japanese at all. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just like, I'm scratching my head. Like, which one is it? Am I Japanese looking or do I look foreign? What? So I'm just confused, actually. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, I, I think well, being in the entertainment industry as well, that's a whole different circle. It's a whole different atmosphere to be in. Um, you know, bringing it back to the beginning of where you started, uh, I know that being a presenter myself, it's very hard to to public speak, essentially, go on up on stages in front of a camera. And you said that you had no experience prior to your first gig, um, but then you had four years on the show, which I guess was the foundation of your um, presenting skills. Do you have words of advice for people who want to start out as a presenter um, or in the entertainment industry? Yeah. I mean, it. yeah, public speaking definitely is mm. difficult, but ultimately it's, it's a learned skill. I wasn't a born, you know, <laughs> public speaker. I used to be really shy actually growing up and I would get terribly frightened standing in front of you know, a group of people, even giving a school presentation as a kid, or even as like a high school student, I hated it. It was 
like, you know, I would turn red sometimes, like (laughs) lost for words. Um, But the crazy thing is that I grew out of it, which I never expected. So Mm. ultimately it is practice. And I think one thing that helped me a lot, surprisingly, was teaching English in Japan. So when I was Mm. a university student, I was teaching quite a lot on the side as that was my original like part-time job when I came here, just teaching English. And I think I just learned how to, especially when you start teaching in a classroom, I think you learn how to Mm. stand in front of a group of people. Um, Even if it's not a big group of people, you just get used to staying in front of people, directing people, you know, it's kind of what teaching is. So it was kind of a way to help me slowly build up my public speaking and then slowly gaining more confidence, authority, Mm. from just being able to teach people. So I think I just viewed public speaking as kind of like teaching, actually, <laughs> or like, you know, just talking to a group of students. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good way to think about it because that way you're comfortable. Um, you're also expressing knowledge as well. And that's essentially presenting. You're bringing that to the, to the audience as well. Exactly. Something I worry about as a presenter and especially on TV and radio, like finding your niche and finding about where, you know, what you can present and setting yourself apart from other different presenters. I know with when we receive a script for a show, like I did a community um, like eating kind of tour in in a particular region in Sydney and we had a Mm -hmm. script and I basically studied it word for word and this is one of my earlier project projects a couple years ago um and I found that you know studying the the script word for word I basically just said it and it was like any presenter could have done the same thing um looking back at the video I I saw that I, I wish I had put my own like elements to it my own reactions um did you find this challenging when you do your projects as well and and if so how did you get through that Oh, that's a really great question too. Um, I I think my experiences for presenting, they may be a little bit different, I think, from um, what you're used to Mm -hmm. in Australia. I've had, I don't know, maybe it's a Tokyo thing, but I guess it's because English isn't really, um, you know, the the native language here. There have been times where I get a script and it just like, yeah okay we want you to say something like this like it'll be written in Japanese but they're like say it in English so Mm. (laughs) so I'm kind of uh there have been a lot of cases where I have to kind of translate as I go um so there's been a lot of ad-libbing on my part where more so than like memorizing all of the script beforehand Mm. it's like we want you to say something like this um and go basically so for me yeah it's been a little bit different but there are some shows like uh there's one so nhk world is the national broadcasting company in japan and they have a version sorry nhk is the national uh, broadcasting company but the worldwide version is nhk world and everything is in english this program they always basically provide English scripts. Um, Somebody translates them and then I get them. Mm. And for that one show that I'm presenting, there's some parts where 
I memorize everything. And then there's some parts where it's a more of an interview style. So I have to come up with the questions on my own and sometimes ad lib it. Sometimes I have them, you know, some questions prepared. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of like, here's the script, memorize it word for word, yeah, unless yeah. it's acting. So up until now, we've kind of been talking about the work that you've been doing for so for certain programs and for stations and whatnot. Are you all, so you're also on YouTube. Are you making your own content there? Oh, I, not so much, to be honest. I don't make a lot of my own content. I gave it a try, but the editing is just so tedious that I haven't been really into you know, building my own content so much. I've been really enjoying hosting. Is that an interest of yours? That doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no. I think I've considered it mostly because uh, I do have the online presence on YouTube, like being featured on other mm. channels. So a lot of people really seem to want me to have my own channel and make my own stuff. But it's just like, I've got a bunch of different things going on where I do, you know, TV related stuff, um, you know, performing stuff and then hosting on other channels that I just, I don't really feel the need to have my own channel so much. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, in my free time, it's definitely something I've considered. Like, I think you can hey. let the work speak for itself as well. I think, yeah, if you're, um, you have other platforms that you're working on as well, you might as well get them to edit it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's fine. I also saw you on, um, it's so surprising, like speaking on working on other projects and stuff. Uh, I saw you on the best ever food review show. <gasps> did you actually, did you just see that by chance? Yeah, no, because I watched, I watched it because Sonny, he's based in Vietnam. I really like the concept. I think one of his videos went viral and then I, I fell upon it. Um, and then I think that was last year when I started watching him and you were a guest. Was it late last year or the beginning of this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was mm, last summer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, when I saw your face, I was like, <gasps> what? Shizuka, I'm like, oh, that makes sense though, because he does have a lot of guests or, or a guest who helps him, I guess, tour around the city that he's in and helps him eat the food, the ridiculous yep. food that he <laughs> tries. Um, how was that experience and how did you go about getting uh, an opportunity to work with him? Oh, this was, yeah, it was a very unique, one of a kind experience for sure. I feel really, really grateful that the, uh, his team reached out to me, actually. They, I think they saw me on Tokyo Creative, which is another uh, well, media company slash YouTube channel that I work for. And they needed a, a host in Japan who could speak English, but also knows a lot about the local culture and speaks Japanese. So they reached out to me and it worked out well for the first video, which was actually... I think now two years ago. So they first filmed mm. one video here, which was about Wagyu beef. And then uh, that one went, was pretty good. People wanted more Japanese content. So he came back again last summer and asked me if I was available. And this time he wanted me to do an eight video tour across Japan, which was wow. actually 
spent two weeks traveling around Japan, which was very cool. I went to some places that I actually hadn't been to yet, more mm. rural parts of Japan. And of course, food experiences that I would not normally. I um, saw that. <laughs> eating bugs and just stuff that it's called the best ever food review show. And I'm like, I don't think this is the best food. <laughs> delicacies, right? We just we can yeah. rebrand them as delicacies. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> delicacies are what they are yeah and i think as for the name though it's a very good review show i hope this reaches sunny and he hears this <laughs> anyway I, I, I find it awesome that he's also based in vietnam he his team is vietnamese or majority vietnamese um citizens so yeah yeah awesome yeah it's great to see i hope to make it to vietnam sometime actually still haven't been yet yeah i know when when restrictions are, are lifting i hope i'm there with you and we can do a little oh, yeah. project there's together n- there's no better person oh, to take be... you to vietnam than, than <laughs> this one right here <laughs> although i do oh, wish my vietnamese that. was more fluent but i, I can <laughs> i can hold up a conversation <laughs> oh good good if you can get by then that's good <laughs> yeah um speaking about being vietnamese i've done pageant work not in Vietnam, but here for Miss Vietnam Australia. Yes, and I, I hear heard. under the grapevine that you're doing Mr. Pan. <gasps> That's right. Yes. Um, this is a very recent development, actually. I was just selected as a finalist for Miss World Japan, um, which is Yay. crazy because I never actually expected to be selected for this. I just kind of decided to apply, partially because some people had mentioned it to me in the past, mm. like, like you should give Miss Universe or Miss World or something <laughs> a try. And I honestly didn't think that I was the right type. Like, I didn't think I was like the, you know, tall enough, you know, model type physique yeah. to do this. Never even considered it. But I, the seed was kind of planted in my brain. A couple of people had mentioned it. And this year was like, really like my last year to apply because I'm 28 now. So Ooh, it was me kind too. Of, yeah, we're the same age. <gasps> we're the same age. We're the same. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah, awesome. Because of that, basically, I decided to give it a try, and here we are. Very similar to how I started. I did mine at twenty-one, uh, and I thought that um, it was kind of like my last hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, because I uh, friends of mine, family, my family actually had told me to do it. Um, cause in the community here, it's word gets around. If you're Vietnamese, you're female, you're like young, you're just like, okay, you're a candidate essentially. Um, and, uh, I see. yeah. So I was reluctant cause I, I got asked to do it when I was 18, but then I was like, mm, too young, way too young to be on stage. Mm-hmm. Did it when I was 21 and um yeah I, I think it's been an experience that actually started my my media career uh wow really? yeah that's how I got SBS which is how I met Jamie and wow, and the no rest kidding. goes on from there yeah so but so when uh you're you're selected as Miss Japan when does the actual I guess event happen are you training right now what's like the go with what's happening with COVID well the actual final competition or like the stage will be end of September. Hmm. Um, so I've got a little bit of time and um, things have really only just started like the it's kind of 
finalists just been announced and uh, slowly starting to do like seminars and like, you know, mm -hmm. like beauty related, like <laughs> I guess they, they teach you some things. Um, but since, as you mentioned, it is COVID right now, they're really being careful about socially distancing and a lot of things are going online. So some of the seminars and uh, things that they would normally do are actually all going to be on Zoom or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is new for them. Like they've never done anything like this before. But yeah, first year where everything probably is going to be online. Mm -hmm. Things that are not online, um, I think they're going to really try and limit the number of the girls and at one space at one time and kind of like split yeah. us up. How many candidates are there? I'm really curious. So there's quite a lot. I don't know if this is normal for pageants but the finalists there are mm. actually 36 of us i think oh, wow which is a lot uh, and um, I, I'm, yeah i'm assuming that they've got like a next stage where they'll cut that down to maybe top 15 or will they just go throughout the whole thing so what i've heard is i've talked to some other people who um have experience with pageants and they said that the miss world japan has like the most number of finalists mm. Um, so they're planning to, at least this year, cut down the number to, I think, 33, mm -hmm. uh, 32 or 33 finalists. So that's still a lot. So there's still going to be 33 girls who will stand on the final <laughs> stage. stage. Mm. Uh, and then they'll basically, you know, pick people out of that. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> I guess to the top three, then top four, uh, the, the girl yeah. who's going to take the crown. I'm rooting for you. I hope all the best for you. Do you have any questions? <laughs> I really do. I mean, there's just like, it's so new to me. Um, there's still a lot that I just don't know. I don't even know what to expect really. Like, I guess one thing I'm wondering is, did you find that it was, are like, are girls kind of catty? In nah. <laughs> like, do you guys, are there girls who fight or basically is everyone just really friendly and yeah. fun? It depends obviously. Uh, on the candidates and who who you're going against, I guess, or um, who you're competing with. But uh, fortunately for my year, I was 2013. Um, the girls prior to my year, I've heard some pretty nasty stories, like very, very bitchy <laughs> very really? um uh, a lot of the girls like had their own like egotistical kind of ways about handling um their 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 workshops and stuff and like how they interacted with each other like face to face they were being really nice but behind closed doors not so much <sighs> so I came into my year thinking like oh god what am I what am I here for <laughs> um but fortunately for my year a lot majority of the girls were so nice like probably too oh, nice I was so really good. shocked yeah um really? we actually some of my friends are still we chat to this day we're all still friends on Facebook um right so yeah if I was to give you <gasps> advice or, or you know some sort I would just say immerse in the moments that they give you and um uh there there will be a lot of politics and stuff I don't know how it is in Japan but from my mm -hmm. experience I think just yeah, be comfortable in what you're doing. Um, be confident, and I'm sure you're you've got that department already set. So, <laughs> and you're gorgeous. So, it's, yeah. Ah, oh, thank you. That's really great advice. Um, because yeah, it's all just so new that I, I definitely feel a little bit 
nervous. Like I think normally I might be a little bit more, you know, relaxed and comfortable, but in this case, it's just like, Ooh, it's like, I don't even know if I'm, I don't know. It's like, I don't really know what the other girls are going to be like. Mm. And yeah, it's like, I don't know what standards I need to meet in order to, your own you know, standards. get selected for something. <laughs> be, be your own standard. Yeah. I love this. You've been listening to pageant talk with uh, Natalie Tran and Shizuka Anderson. It's not often that I'm in a situation where I'm, where I'm outnumbered, where there's more pageant people than non-pageant yeah, people. That's why I was really excited to talk to Shizuka it's today. Because so I was like, <gasps> another person doing pageants it's it's yeah it's great i'm excited for how do crazy. how does the japanese what's the perception of pageants in in japan because depending on the country i think with uh, with vietnam and with Phil, um, my background um i'm filipino mm. um and filipinos love pageants and uh, i think la- <laughs> I've la- heard, the last yeah. yeah last year the miss universe was philippines yeah it's, and the year before that there's been a number of filipino miss universes as well so they love a pageant what's it like in japan what do the people think of pageants oh i think it's definitely not as big as some countries like i know that in the in the philippines it's huge and you know i think it's super competitive too because there's probably so many people trying to apply i feel like it's not nearly as well known in japan um i think everybody would have heard of miss universe before I think there's a lot of people who actually they didn't even know that there was more than one pageant. Like, so I think yeah. it's, it's not it's not well known to that extent, I think. Um, but even so, I've heard that last year, the number of applicants for Miss World Japan was uh, over 8,500, I think, which is still quite a lot. But I I assume that some other countries it's probably even more than that. I don't know. Do you guys know in Australia? I think in Australia, because it's a very multicultural country, um, each maybe uh, community will have its own like local um, pageants as well. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So is this the one, because yeah, I I totally get you. I think people, when they heard that I won Miss Vietnam, they're like, did you meet Trump or did she like go to the Miss (laughs) Universe stage? I'm like, no, no, no. Mine was like a community pageant. This was in 2013. I actually re-entered another pageant last year and it was Miss Universe well, um, Miss, what was it? Miss, Miss Universe, Universe Australia. Australia. So that's yeah. like the main one, isn't it? Oh, that's the main God. one. So that's, that's a huge one. So that's actually the one that goes uh, onto the Miss, Uni- Miss Universe stage to represent Australia, essentially. So right. I did that because wh- I don't know what was in me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to try out. <laughs> and I think same reason for you. It was my last year, like 27, I think, or 28. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I applied and uh, I got in as as like the as top twenty in the state as a finalist, oh, and I was only That's one cool. of two Asians in the whole country to get in. So I was really proud only about that. Two. Yeah, and wow. I think wait, actually, I think the state. Yeah, I haven't seen the other states, okay. but um, yeah, only two Asians in the state. Oh wow! I would have thought there would be. A few more, to be honest. At least a few more, right? But <laughs> like a little more representation <laughs> would be nice. But... I know. So that we still work with them now. Like the 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 stage is coming up in a, a couple of months, but um, I'm just attending as the finalist. But um, oh, cool. Yeah. So I think, but is it your pageant? If the winner of this one is that the same? Would that go on to Miss Universe to represent Japan? 
Well, in this case, it's um, it's not Miss Universe. It's Miss World, which is oh, okay. the, it's one of the other um, major. I think there's like top four top uh, beauty pageants mm. in the world, um, like Miss Universe, Miss World, Miss International, <laughs> Miss Earth. I think those yes. are maybe the top yeah. four. Um, so Miss World is like actually apparently the oldest one. Like it was the first mm. beauty pageant that started and it's been going on for like 70 years or something like that. Um, but basically, yeah, if I happened to get crowned as Miss World Japan, then I would go on to the international stage um, and represent oh, okay. sure, Japan. Sure. Yeah, on the worldwide Miss World stage. <gasps> That'd be so yeah. good. Also, that would be I, crazy. I have a test for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you know in pageants they've got the top five questions, top three. <laughs> yes. I'm yeah. sure you're well well aware of that. Are you do you have like a lowdown of what the questions might be? Have you had any research into it? Not about the questions yet at all. From my knowledge, they don't really do that in the Japan stage okay um, how do they so do Miss it World japan they have a series of like almost tests that oh. you have to undergo in this process in the next month and a half um there's something called a sports test which is basically like a fitness test there's like a teamwork wow. test yeah and the teamwork test is pretty intense they usually take all the girls to the japanese self-defense forces base um, which is like the military base in Japan, but it's Goodness like self-defense. <laughs> yeah. And then basically they make them do, yeah, like army training sort of things what? and then test their teamwork <laughs> skills. Uh, but this year, because of COVID, they're not sure if they're going to do it yet. Um, it, If so, it might just be like a day, but normally they would stay overnight and like it was a whole thing. Wow. And on top of that, yeah, we have to do like a... a speech or presentation about a social issue and the other aspect is like they want to test your english skill because it's mm. japanese girls so there's an english debate there's a talent portion so you have to perform a talent um there's a lot of stuff i'm that actually really, really surprised intense. it's wow. intense yeah that's way more intense than what we had to go through wow <laughs> really I, yeah we had questions we didn't even my <laughs> friends were like did what talent did you bring i'm like no talent because we <laughs> we didn't have a talent segment but um i'm curious what's what's your test for she's i'm curious what's your question? oh my test it would not physical test that's for sure okay. <laughs> but it would it would have been just questions that i was asked um um, uh, I'm really curious, stage. actually, what kind of questions did they ask you? It's kind of very typical, like, uh, but, like, I'm not going to ask you what you think <laughs> needs to happen for world peace. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Standard question. Yeah, I'll ask you what was asked of me. I think, like, who was your role model? I think the top five questions was, like, who was your role model and why? I know it's very simple, but... Um, obviously you could make the answer simple, but what would your answer be? Oh, that's one that I hadn't thought of at all, actually, um, for the pageants. Um, in terms of role models, I feel like, I feel like there are people in the media who I've always looked up to. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't, I can't think of anyone any one person in particular at the moment. Mm. But I guess the a common answer would be like 
um, my mom as well. <laughs> <laughs> I said my brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people say. So I don't know if I would actually go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to see how I can develop it. But um, but yeah, I definitely look up to my mom for sure because uh, mm. my mom was a single mother uh, and she, she yeah, she's Japanese. She was an Im- immigrant in Canada, but she really made it work. Um, there was, a, she considered taking me back to Japan when I was a little kid after my parents split, but she, again, she was worried about like bullying because I'm mixed race yeah. and then she single she child. To, yeah. 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 She decided to stick it out for me and then, uh, live in Canada, which definitely came with its struggles. So I look up to her like hardworking, um, you know, personality, I guess. 10 out of 10. You got it. All yeah. right. Next time. Oh, awesome. Yay. <laughs> okay. Here's the question for from Judge Jamie. Um, okay. <laughs> and maybe maybe we, we can, and then maybe we can wrap it up here. It's been yeah. really great speaking with you. Um, okay. So, Thank you. So here's the here's the here's the question from Judge Jamie. Um, okay. So reflecting on everything you've done so far in your life, what would you tell a ten year old Shizuka? <laughs> oh, that's a really good question, Judge da- Jamie. I love that. Ten-year-old um, Shizuka, I would tell her that I would tell her first of all to be confident in herself because I think ten-year-old Shizuka was a very different person from who I am now. I think she was very pure in her own way, and she was very, you know, kind and caring. And she loved animals and things like that. But she was a little bit, you know, shy and like introverted. So I don't think she would have ever imagined that she would be doing things standing on a stage. And, um, you know, considering that she was just so scared to give presentations at school during those days. So I would tell her ultimately to be confident and that you never know what the future holds. So basically don't limit yourself and always seek out new opportunities and new possibilities. Because I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you can do pretty much anything that you set your mind to, which is, it's very cliche, but I've realized that it's so true because I never thought that I would be on TV when I was growing up in in Canada. I never thought that I would be singing on a stage. Um, I never thought that a lot of people would know who I was when I grew up. So I think just um even if you don't have that background like you didn't do acting or singing or anything growing up you just give it a try and you never know what would happen so i think that's kind of the the lesson that i would tell 10 year old shizuka it's like anything can happen so don't limit yourself and i'd like to welcome miss world japan (laughs) (laughs) shizuka anderson to the stage Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I think that's a wrap for our podcast episode, but it's been amazing talking to you. I found out that we have a lot more things in common than I thought we did. So do you you have an Instagram where our our listeners can find you or how, how can people find you? Yes, I do. I think uh, the place that I update most is Instagram and I am X shizzy X, which is X S H I Z Z Y X. So yeah, please find me there. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today, you guys. It was so much fun. 
Thanks again to Shizuka for taking the time to chat with us and thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcast and make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify. If you want to get in touch, send us an email, livethroughthelenspod at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at livethroughthelenspod and join our Discord server. The link is in the show notes. See you next week. Bye. Bye.